Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time, a Wave Sports and Entertainment original presented by Prize Picks. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Subscribe, like, rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is Fosworth Friday. Dominique Fosworth, what's going on? Not much, man. I just I ran a little late. My apologies. Trying to still helping the kids with a little bit of work. I'm still capable of reaching these low, low heights. <laughs> well played. Well played. By the way, I just want to say a quick shout out right fast to the biggest winner of the week. Nobody won more than Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown, when he got his bag in Indiana, and then they was like, how'd you like to go to Toronto? And the answer always is, hell yeah. Like, I don't even know if you can get there with a direct flight, but whatever it takes, buddy, that's a win. Like Pascal Siakam, I don't, you know, I ain't paid too much attention to what's going on there. Um, I know he's trying to get his bread, but the Toronto to Indianapolis, man, that is, that's not a winner of a change. I don't know. Well, I guess, yeah, if you're, I only been to Toronto once when I was a kid. So I've heard lots of good things about Toronto from adult men, but by the time Toronto started popping, I was already too adult of a man to go up in there by myself. Like I had, I had made decisions in my life that would make it so that Toronto was not as fun as people told me it was. But it also, I mean. It is a thriving, like, cosmopolitan-type city. So even if you're not trying to get down with the get-down, you still the restaurant game is strong. You know what I mean? But no one... No one is. We we live in America, Jack. Like New York. Right, I hear you. I'm just I, I'm just telling you this right now. If you and your wife was living in Indianapolis and somebody oh, yeah. was like, y'all want to go to Toronto, y'all be packing y'all shit and going to Toronto. Oh, you're absolutely right. All right. That's all. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, 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 she yeah, she yeah, would yeah. have no time to be worried about no competition. Right, no, right, none right, of that. Right. She would convince herself it's just a bunch of a saying lumberjacks drinking maple syrup like it's water. She do whatever it took to get up out of that Indianapolis and get up there to some of that Toronto. She wouldn't be worried about no taxes, none of that. I still ain't heard about, like, I'm sure that there are other restaurants. My man, Jeff Saturday, has told me that there are other restaurants other than St. Elmo's. And no, it's the only one that anybody's ever talked about. It's it's outrageous. I've been there a bunch of times uh, for combines and games and many other things. And when the plane land, we go to St. Elmo's. And then we go to our hotel and go to sleep. <laughs> That's about no. it. Here the problem though, and I, you know, the thing about them big fellas like Jeff, he swear there's other es- restaurants, but I have no evidence of his discernment, right? Like I'm just like I'm not, and I'm not saying he can't discern. I have no idea. I'm just saying I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't have any idea. I went to Indianapolis for a weekend once. The Super Bowl there was actually like we got lucky on the weather. The Super Bowl there was actually really fun. It was a good. Super I heard. Bowl. Yeah. I heard. I heard. And they be, and I heard, yeah. And, and they be having a ball at the combine. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah. You got to stay away from that combine. You get a bunch <laughs> of, those, like, I can say this. It's like you can talk about your own people. You get a bunch of those type of people together with not a lot of, like, women there to regulate their behavior. And then you give them alcohol. Boy, it'd be stupid right, shit but the happening. problem with that is, but you just laid into the problem there, which is that not a lot of women, like all that, like, like I don't understand what's so fun in the way that they're describing this. Because I, I had just thought about it as we was going. I was like, dang, this dude sound like a sausage party. Yeah, but it's like, and I, I, I haven't gone that many times, but it's more like when you and your boys, when you were young, nobody had a car. 
And so you you couldn't get to know girls and you just hanging out. Like it's that, that type of fun. So it was a good time where like sooner or later, somebody like, I bet you I can do a backflip off of this, this uh pool table and won't get hurt. It's that type of energy where it's just a bunch of goofballs just hanging out. I feel like on those, you got 48, 72 hours at most before somebody like, hey, y'all want to go to strip club? <laughs> like, we got to, like, like we, I, I just can't be around a bunch of how dudes. Come we've never the- heard that because we always hear the Super Bowl, how they be flying people in for the Super Bowl. They have to for the combine, too. I feel like that's a better opportunity. Nah, too many middle class people coming in for the combine, right? Uh, like, yeah, the Super Bowl fair. is bringing all the richness. The combine, everybody out there working for their money that's at fair, the combine. That's people holding on to them little bills real tight at the combine. <laughs> 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 or let me tell you something. Bye about, I, 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 it, me, bye about day four after being around all these cats you talk about sitting around playing PlayStation and crushing beer cans off on their foreheads. I personally would be like, nah, nah, nah. We're going to find out what 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 is the St. Elmo's strip club in Indianapolis. <laughs> the only good thing about St. Elmo's when we used to go there as a player was uh, you get the rookies. You get a rookie every year on the cocktail sauce. That's pretty sad because the cocktail sauce is like surprisingly got some horseradishy kick to it. That, and that's their, their claim to fame. Nobody ever knows about it when you first get there. So that's like the highlight is of the trip is we sit down and watch a rookie dip his whole shrimp in a cocktail sauce and put it in his mouth and then get shocked. And that's the type of energy that it is the whole time. It's just guys doing dumb shit. Have we ever considered that maybe just maybe St. Elmo's rules through fear? <laughs> yeah, we, Have we thought about that. We, and this, this is all I'm saying, right? Like, so let's say a new restaurant showed up in town, right? Like, keep it real, man. St. Elmo's been there long enough. The new restaurant might have been Outback, right? Like, I remember when Outback was new, oh, right? When, when you Cucumber like, when wings. you thought your city was the only one that had one, right? Like, Outback landed a little different. And so, um, let's say a new steakhouse showed up, right? St. Joe's show up, and they slanging them steaks. And the first time an NFL team say, we actually going to St. Joe's, St. Elmo's got to let St. Joe's know that they're not playing. Now, of course, their options could be perhaps improve their service, lower the prices, any of those things. Or you always have option number two under those circumstances, which is send somebody past there with some baseball bats and run up in there and let them know that these corners is your corners. Yeah, we need to be Anybody careful. Anybody ever think about that? We need to be careful talking about St. Elmo's because don't nobody last that long. Even the best restaurants, don't nobody last that long with that much of a grip on something. Any business where there's money to be made, don't nobody keep a grip like that unless there's the threat of the element. St. Elmo's knows somebody who knows somebody. (laughs) Right. Like, I want to see that dude, that dude that runs St. Elmo's crack his knuckles a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, like whoever it is that you got in mind, he crack his knuckles a whole lot. Y'all don't, y'all don't know about that. Y'all don't know. And, And the other part that makes it so funny is there's no reason for me to know anything about this, right? There are plenty of cities where I don't know anything about the restaurant. Somehow Indianapolis is the one that we all talk about it being one restaurant and we know what the restaurant is, ignoring the fact that most of these other cities, we don't know no restaurants. <laughs> That's very fair. No cities like like Indianapolis? Like, I, I can't name a restaurant in St. Louis. Right, what's your Jacksonville spot? Uh, uh, whatever you is know? the popping spot. I don't know nothing in Pittsburgh. I do think I can know. I do think I can name one in St. Louis. Didn't they have like an Italian place? I think called the Hill or whatever. Because apparently the Italian in St. Louis is popping. Because like you know your Yogi Bears, your Joe Garagiola's all the, like they they homies. They you know they St. Louis folk. They down there. Yeah. Anytime we went to Kansas City, it was about the barbecue. 
So, I mean. Yeah, y'all got y'all got too many big dudes, too many country dudes playing in the NFL to go to a place where they be talking about that barbecue and go get anything else. Y'all only in there for like a night. Yeah, it's really not nothing. And you got a curfew that most people respect. Most of us are not good enough to disrespect it. <laughs> so, yeah, you get in there, you get a little quick little restaurant, and then you're up out of there. All right, we're going to talk some NFL action here, divisional playoff round this week. Nick Wright and I on Wednesday got into this a little bit, but not too much. But I did raise the point that uh, if I was Lamar Jackson, I'd do my best to win at least one playoff game this year. And I understand that wins are not a quarterback stat. I get that, all of that. If I was Lamar Jackson, I would like to be on the winning side at the end of this one. Because honestly, can you name a compelling reason why they shouldn't win the Super Bowl? I guess the 49ers are the closest thing that you'd have to it, but at the very least, they should be there. There is not a compelling reason. I mean, the only thing is uh, uh, the single single game elimination. Like, it's obvious that they are the best team left in their conference. And when they play the 49ers, you would argue that they are a better team than them, too. Or not argue. They proved that they were a better team. But they were close enough, and there's a lot of fluky turnovers and stuff that you could argue that it – it's excusable if they lose in a Super Bowl. I mean, it really ain't, it really ain't excusable. It really ain't excusable right now. This situation, I'm going to this cold ass game too because my son want to go, and I was trying to talk him out of it, but he want to go. What you, mean, what you mean? You was trying to talk him out of it? It's an easy way to talk about of it. We ain't going. Nah, it wasn't. It's not that easy. We were supposed to go to the game last game of the year, uh, ah, and and so so I was like, we when it's raining, Snoop is playing quarterback like we ain't we ain't gonna do this one he's like what about the playoff game you got a young fella you got you sure you want to go though it's gonna be cold yeah i guess it's a whole different ball game this parodic when you can't just say hey you think money grow on trees like you 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 can't you just you don't really get to play that card like you you you've you've constructed a life that makes that a little bit more difficult to do (laughs) it does make it a little bit more difficult and yeah if if money see that's the thing is when you are making decisions to try to create that life for them so that they have it, that means you got to inconvenience yourself. And I don't work too hard. My knee and my hip reconstruction, I'm not going to inconvenience myself. So when I saw that it was raining, I was like, ah. you know, like under normal circumstances, someone be like, hey, we bought these tickets. We're going to this game. I was like, no, nah, we're going to move these tickets, bro. We're going to take a loss. We're going to move these tickets because I'm not sitting in the rain to watch backups play football. And then he was like, can we go next week? He's like, all right, you got it. It's actually funny when you mentioned this, though, this like the idea about like the lifestyle that you want to give your children, because I think about the only thing that my daddy had absolutely decided as a lifestyle thing that he wanted to make sure his children had was he would not cut our hair. He said his daddy, there was, you know, 10 of them in the family. I want to say six, seven boys. Can't remember, I think it's six boys. But they, his daddy cut their hair and he had just decided he was not going to cut his. That, that was his lifestyle. I want my kids to have that. And not that we were deprived in any sort of way. Right. But he wasn't tripping on providing any like you know, outside of like three squares. Right. You know, like all the stuff you're supposed to get and make it happen. It's like, no, I want to give my kids all these exposures. I don't, know, I don't ever think that that was really in the math. Like, you know what they could get exposed to? These books. Whole world right down the street at the library. <laughs> I appreciate that. At one point, he somebody must have roasted my man about his haircut because he was like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to let I, I, a lot of things that I would send no, my well, kids out here with, but I'm not sitting out there with no, no daddy haircuts. No, well, what he said was that it was just such a miserable experience. Like the actual, uh, the getting of the haircuts. And this is before the plug them in the wall hair clippers. And so uh, apparently you would squeeze them. Right. Oh, and so gosh. like that was like, he said, he just said it was, it was just so unpleasant that he decided. How many, how that, many kids was it? 
10 kids. I think it was six boys. Yeah, I feel like the oldest boy should have taken over at some point. This cutting. Yeah, perhaps. But what may have happened is exactly what you described. <laughs> the uh, oldest boy demonstrated that he did not have the uh, aptitude. Because one thing I did, I, my grandfather died before I was born. But one thing I did get the feeling about uh, from him was that he wasn't trying to have his boys out there looking bad. Right? Like, he probably didn't have them looking bad. It just wasn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the the thing with us is that um my wife is not accustomed to to know like low level stuff different and life, i have i have become unaccustomed <laughs> to medium to low level things so like when we go on vacation and they start complaining about little minor things i like something inside me gets angry and then i realize oh, you did this and you ain't never exposed them to that because you ain't want to do that. And you're like, you're damn right. So we're going to deal with it. I had to read some books about it. Trick bag. It's all a trick bag. <laughs> it's all confusing. But no, if I'm Lamar Jackson, if I don't yeah. want to hear it out here in these streets, like, because you can't lose, you can't, not to, not to the kid, not to the rookie. And, I, and by the way, I want to be very clear. I don't think they lose in this game. And, and look, if they get to a conference championship game, because the other thing I thought he got a bad rap for was early in, in early in Lamar's career when the Ravens weren't winning playoff games. Like the year he won the MVP, they had to buy. They didn't win a playoff game, but I don't view that the same way. They did win a playoff game. They won a playoff game by getting a buy, right? Like I, I think there's something legitimate to that. But this is a team that at the very least has to get to the conference championship game. And I am not inclined to be but so harsh to a team that loses in a conference championship game. I feel you on that. But but in application. If, yeah, but for Lamar, okay, if he gets to a, to a championship game, the right time ain't going to give him a hard time. <laughs> That's the only place, brother. That's the only place. Get up, coming for him. Oh, coming for his neck. It's not going to be me, but somebody going to be coming for him because – to some degree, there is the 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 people who are always looking for a reason to undercut Lamar. I think most of those people are waiting for an opportunity, no matter what he does, short of being in Peter Super Bowl, that's going to be there. But then there's also like, this is just what we do. This is what we do to quarterbacks. And once you get MVP, once you get enough. What's that? I have a counterpoint. I have a counterpoint okay. for you here. This is a it depends situation. Yeah. If the Chiefs defeat the Bills and then go to uh, Baltimore and then win, you will have a story of Patrick Mahomes overcoming what was around him. It would help Lamar's case if he had a good game, right? Yeah. And then it went or whatever. But it's like Patrick Mahomes has made it. I think we will put this in, the con in that context. But if Lamar square up against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills again, and then there's that loss. First of all, first of all, we go enter into another offseason of Allen or Mahomes question mark topics on television, right? That's going to happen, but that's when Lamar going to catch it extra bad. Because yeah. they remember that stretch of time when it was really like in the internet streets, at least a Lamar versus Josh Allen competition that I have no idea how it ever got started, yeah. but it was there. That's the one Lamar don't. That's the one Lamar don't want no parts of. Yeah, that's a tough one, and I, I mean, I think. Well, I mean, we can be pretty direct about this. It's like the Josh Allen climb up the draft boards was shocking to all of us. And then given his college or his college results, and then he had a rough start to his career. And a lot of the people who are more analytically minded recognize the value that Lamar Jackson was bringing. And 
like became like Lamar Jackson apologist almost because people were always trying to undercut Lamar Jackson. And we're like, but look at all this stuff he's producing for this team. Look at how he frankly saved that whole organization from his rookie year in part because of his special ability. And then you look over at someone like Josh Allen, we're like, you have special ability too, but you're not, it's not panning out, but he had that arm that make people feel a little special about him. And so those guys got juxtaposed from each other. And I did a good job of creating the juxtaposition without getting into the most obvious one, but that was always been part of it. I've always felt that this part has been ignored a bit. It's something about the way Lamar Jackson throws that football, right? Like it's not quite Vince Young, but it almost looked like he's throwing darts. Yeah. Right? It doesn't feel like he's like powering that thing in there. Dog, when the menace rear back to throw that thing, that thing looked like it's coming that, with pace. You got PS of pep on it. That's, that's how the old folks say you got that pepper. Those two guys, man, like when you, they're having them on the field, there are things that they can do that just seem so special that it just are so fun. I don't care where Josh Allen is throwing the ball when he rear back on them. Oh. It's, it is fun. I don't give a damn where it hit. When he run and, and look for contact, it don't matter to me whether he get a first down or he, or he get one of his linemen hurt. It is fun to watch. And it's the same way with Lamar Jackson when he does certain things. But I think this year they have the best chance to win. And I think he's also made it hard on himself because he's been so good that you believe that the team is much better than the rest of the teams that they, they go up against. And the team is, but the team is better than everybody they go up against in part because he's so special. But the reason why I think yeah. that this is the best team they go, go up against is the main major difference in regular season and postseason play in the NFL to me is not only the quality of the team goes up, but the quality of the preparation, the opponent goes up and you saw in the past that they went into the playoffs with, Wink Martindale as the defensive coordinator, which ain't going to be too many surprises, which you, you're going to have to address, right? And then you go into there with that offense that was kind of basic. It ain't too many surprises for what you're going to expect. This year, Mike McDonald and uh, what's my guy from Georgia that they Todd got? Todd Munkin. Yeah, Todd Munkin. They done added some, I would say wrinkles, but that ain't right. They done added complete new chapters to both sides of the ball, which gives them a flexibility in game. And it also makes it different, difficult for teams to prepare for them coming into the game. So like they are much more, they're in much better position to advance in the postseason this year. So yeah, which makes it worse for Lamar if they don't. Yes. Yes. <laughs> By the way, speaking of wink, did you see that story on Brian, uh, the Giants that came out this week that could basically be summed up with the following sentence. Yo, Brian Dabo sound like an asshole. He does. He does. And he And by the way, I feel like we've seen it. Yeah. Like we've seen the way that he talks to people during games. And it's like, oh no, you're you're that guy. Yeah. And another Belichick guy, by the way. Of course. And once he left um Buffalo, there was some more conversation from the people in Buffalo about all the magic that he created in Josh Allen, but also they don't they don't love him. They ain't miss him. <laughs> no. It was not standing Look, in front of the plane. It's not a great sign, by the way, that he had that one year at Alabama. And he couldn't figure out what to do with Jalen Hurts. Of course, Tua comes in that second half and they win the national championship, but it was known going into that game that Brian Dayball was gonna be out of there. Because one thing I I mean, if Nick Saban can figure out how to make it work with Bill O'Brien in terms of personalities, it's not a great look that you out of here after a year. Yeah personality stuff is we do so much uh 
like analysis of what we see on the field. And this came up a bunch on get up a couple of days ago, was just talking about the interpersonal dynamics of, because we were having conversations about general matter, who's making decisions and who, how responsible is the head coach for this? How responsible is the head coach for that? And it goes back to what we talked about a few weeks ago, like the results are the results. But if you, and so like, we're not going to sit up here and try to parcel out blame. The results are the results and the people who are responsible for the results are going to wear that. However, if you want to talk about what the actual reason for this, you have to be inside the organization and you can understand that there's a shortcut that lots of people try to take. And maybe this is doesn't make sense to everyone, but I think if you understand that the hardest thing to do is to stick together when things get tough and to have success, which means that once we all have success or once the team has success, we all can go get contracts. We all can get jobs elsewhere. However, when things get rocky, if you got to end around to the GM, you got to end around to the owner, that's the easy path. And you can go there and say, this is why it's wrong. This is why it's messed up. That'll cripple your team, but you still there holding on like a little finger finding a way to stay alive and convince them that it ain't your fault. And so we don't know how it works in every organization, but I promise you these losing ones got a lot of that type of foolishness. Yeah. I want to wrap this up. Also talking about Baltimore. Uh, D'Amico did a job down there in Houston, boy. Like I don't, I really don't feel like we're talking nearly enough about it because we thought they was, I mean, I talked about this with Nick, but we thought they was going to be sorry. And by the way, it's not like this season has gone through and we're like, wow, the rest of these guys on the Texans are better than we thought. No, that's not really what we've seen. Other than the little homie tank who ain't even playing no more. Like we knew they had Laramie Tunsil. I don't feel like we knew they had anything other than Laramie Tunsil. And like we were hoping Stingley would come around like that one right there. It happened, right? He did come around. But other than that, man, I mean, you tell me if I'm tripping, man. I just thought it was just the Texans. Yeah, you're not tripping. I was felt the same way, which is why we were so critical of them trading that Will Anderson, trading to get Will Anderson. Because I was like, hey, guys, don't y'all know y'all going to stink next year again? You need to hold on to that. You mess around and get Marv. Have a real tandem. It might get some real winners. But instead, they had Nico. And it don't matter. He going out for, for 200. And the defense gotten better week after week throughout the course of the season and all that stuff that consistency that decision making that's coaching man that's coaching to me yeah i want to know though did they really know they was gonna be good right like like because i know cj did as i it's my understanding that cj didn't even think they was gonna take him that after he had his visit he came away from it thinking that they were not going to take him i don't know how good it is because remember also i forgot going in the draft did we not have people halfway entertaining the possibility that they would take Will Levis? I'm not making that up, am I? Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, 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 but that did happen. I just want to make sure I'm not tripping because I feel like that did happen. You also know how draft time works. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, though. But people formed their lips to say (laughs) that they was going to take Will Levis, that they were really hopped up about Will Levis. Like, it was to the point with Stroud where people were surprised that this dude who, look, I ain't gonna lie, I saw him play like three games in college, but he was a menace in two of them. And they were big games. They were bowl games, right? And we really were like, I don't know. I think they might just take CJ, I mean, take uh, Will Levis. Nope. So did they know what they had? Because if they did, they kept it close. Absolutely not. I mean, there's no way they knew because nobody ever knows. And like, I think that what was hanging on him and why people might have been talking Will Levitz was because of, and it's such a weird thing. We we get these patterns in our head and we try to pretend like it's real analysis, but it's like Ohio State quarterbacks are surrounded by talent. They ain't that good. See Justin Fields, see X, Y, and Z. And 
so then we're looking for that reason. And when you see, and Justin Fields had just been drafted and he was like not panning out the way they wanted. And I think that's more, if we're being honest, and then we had like Patrick Mahomes wasn't highly thought of and Josh Allen, we get, we, the, the new trend is let's get toolsy guys. Let's get guys who can do all the things. Well, Levis got a cannon, man. Let's get a guy who got an arm. So like that uh, is more, I think, what happens. And that should have happened, I guess, for the Panthers, too, and not gone. But we had had, yeah, a a little fella. We've done this already, but damn. Yeah, we had a little fella situation. But he's also in a terrible organization, so it's hard to parse out uh, the credit or blame. But I think that's a good um, counterfactual, as close as we can get to one, for – and I think we're we're prone to give a ton of credit to CJ Stroud because he's playing awesome and say and take some credit away from D'Amico and be like, man, if I had a right. quarterback, I find that when I talk to retired coaches or former coaches, they do a lot of that. If I had a quarterback foolishness, which you probably right. But come on now. Why do I know exactly who you're talking? Yeah, about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Why do I know I mean, exactly just, who you're just talking Just former about? coaches generally, if I if they had, <laughs> if generally former coaches had quarterbacks, they'd be a lot better. But. Being better and being what we got here, uh, and no, those coaches may be right, but I think that it's important to understand that those coaches are saying that I am really good, I'm doing good things, and we as fans could get away from, or analysts could get away from, giving the credit to to Demi- or giving enough credit to D'Amico because C.J. Stroud, man, he 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 top of league already. I don't know exactly how much credit that they're gonna give to D'Amico. But I do know what's 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 Buddy's name? Uh, uh Bobby uh, yeah, Slowick. I told you that's my. Um, Don't you worry. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He'll get plenty. He'll get plenty. That's my um my defensive coordinator in Denver as his son. No shade to Bobby, but of course, got another son that was older that that coached on our staff too. Who like surprisingly, he didn't name after him. He named the first son, I think Ryan. If I remember correctly. And then the second one, he's like, oh no, there go Bobby right there. When he came out, he just was like, there go future head coach, Bobby Slowick. How do you, how do you not feel like a failure when your dad decides like, nah, this (laughs) afterwards, like that seems odd to me. It's unusual. It's more likely to name them all after you than it is to, to wait and name the second or third. (laughs) (laughs) You go make them George Foreman. It's more likely to be George Foreman than that. Like I have one friend who named his second son after himself and not his first, um, because he had his second son with his wife and his first was not with the woman he was married to. And so, okay. Like I kind of understood, uh, the argument in that place, but yeah, you're right. Like that would be, I hopefully, hopefully young Ryan was too young to grasp the magnitude of what had transpired. (sighs) I'm just hurting for for your homeboy's first child, as if as if it wasn't painful enough. You all go, it, it. nah. But he was still like he was still in the little he was still in Buddy's life. Like they still. I didn't like, say he was. I knew him both. Okay, he probably listened. I don't want to hurt his feelings <laughs> or, or, or get him mad at no, you. No, no, no. I just you know no. But I but I understood his logic, yeah. and I think he could. I think it was it was logic that you could explain. It ain't really your fault, little homie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just kind of you know broke a little different. But uh, yeah, this is. We're gonna get to the uh to I guess Chiefs Bills. We ain't even had a chance to entertain now, but we got it's it's a lot of football going on. We'll be right back. Prize picks is the most fun you can have by winning up to 25 times your money this football season. And now you can play during basketball season two. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. And with the NBA back. You can now pick combo projections across football 
and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. And if you stick around for the end of the show, you'll get to hear some picks from our producer, Sean, that can either help you win or make you feel miserably. So make sure you go to prizepicks.com slash Bomani and use code Bomani for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash Bomani. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. And spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. All right, so Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game ever. Nick rattled off all the stats in the last show. I don't need to give them to the people. But, I mean, Buffalo has managed to get it done these last few weeks, but I don't feel like they are that good. And Nick almost be convincing me that the Chiefs are better than it seems like, but it don't seem like they're that good either. I'm excited about this matchup, but I'm not excited about the versions of this matchup that we are going to receive. Uh, the the modern Josh Allen is a better version of Josh Allen because they are getting more help. Like, that Shakir touchdown absurd and the run game is much more impressive but for my own purposes as i'm not a bills fan i want to see josh go out there and try to throw for six touchdowns and 600 yards because that should be fun <laughs> yo hold on no hold on no you talk about how much fun it is for him to rear back and you ignored the, the most fun thing he ever did after he rear <laughs> back not the hail mary square body <laughs> <laughs> Threw that ball to that square body that time. That was so I, I don't want to sound like a hater because I'm not trying to hate, I promise you. But if you weren't there, if you did not see it, that was an amazing sequence of events on that drive in overtime with Josh Allen just when Josh Allen decides, you know what, man, fuck it. Nobody, nobody does it quite. Not Brett Favre, not anybody I've ever seen does it quite like him. If I remember, so I don't remember a whole bunch about that game, but I feel like there was like four other plays like within the same yes, it was few a minutes bunch of them. it was like he threw one backwards or something. Like he did yes, some he th- other wild the one stuff, he right? threw backwards. <laughs> that man was out there just like 
I go go going without a fight, just shooting. <laughs> we need to see if we can find the audio of the day after that show, or the week after that show, or maybe the day after, because I had I was definitely on the day after, and I feel like we must have saved some of it for the time when you came on, because it was so incredible to watch. Like if we could get the full Josh Allen experience out here, I don't know what kind of Patrick Mahomes experience we're gonna get out here. A, it's truly a circumstance that we've never seen before. B, again, Nick be trying to convince me the receivers are better that I've seen, but dog, they are. They, I mean, they, and the worst is they got the one receiver who should be a star, except he just can't get right to save his life. Yeah, um, Mr. Tony, Rasheed Rice, uh, we making him out to be something that he ain't quite yet because that's all they got. Yes, but you know, we've had this conversation before, and I've talked about it with Charlie on my part a bunch. Is like maybe this is my defensive back bias. Is I'm gonna need somebody that's gonna take the top off this thing before I respect you. I'm gonna need one of them, and, and Nicole, you're gonna have to track it down. MBS, you're gonna have to catch. Like I'm gonna need one of them. And as much as I like Rasheed Rice, yes, let's move these chains. You know what makes it easier to move the chains? Them safeties getting depth. <laughs> them corners getting scared and they don't got that guy bro if miko hartman played baseball they put him out the outfield and he will wind up running through the center field wall and leaving a hole in it he, he can't figure out where the hell that ball going which by the way i feel like is a much more difficult thing to do than people giving credit for being like when you really think about it of all the things there are to do in football there's nothing to me that feels more specialized than honestly more useless in any other context than being able to track down a football in the air. It it ain't easy. I'll give them that. But if you've been doing it for a long time (laughs) and you are the best in the world at it, I would guess that. That's not what he's been doing for a long time. What he's been doing for a long time is running fast. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. fair. And everybody look at him and say, you can run real fast. Man, we could teach you how to track a ball in the air. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, it, look, I maybe these Georgia like dudes, right? Just like there's always somebody that'd be like, no, don't worry, I'll be the one to get this George Pickens thing under control. Just you watch. Because the George Pickens, the George Pickens dilemma in Pittsburgh feels a lot like the George Pickens dilemma was at Georgia. Which, by the way, it takes us back to the old school in a way A.J. Brown kind of brought this back, and we ain't really seen it that much, which is that receiver. That receiver that just Stephon Diggs got a little twin job. And I feel like we had a good 10 years where they, they had kind of humbled the receiver. George Pickens is like Josh Allen with an anger problem. It's like <laughs> it's so high, so many highs, so many lows. And that Josh Allen um, mindset that gave us that really ugly game that time is the same mindset that gave us that 13 point game. And it and you know what that mindset is? I've seen this before. It's a very sad mindset. It's the they not taking me alive. We gonna hold court in the street. <laughs> we not taking this to decision. I don't need to see a judge. We right. holding court in the street. Right. So you judge by twelve, carry by six. That's what I'm taking. I'm taking the six. Everybody talk about they got something. Got that dog in them. There's a different type of dog. They talk about that. We burn the boats. No, I know a, a dude who really burned the boats. Josh Allen burned them boats when you yes. go out there, man. Josh Allen is Thelma and Louise. Boy, we just go hold hands and take this cliff. Ain't no going back. Ain't no going back. That was the thing about Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco got the Browns to the playoffs playing straight YOLO ball. And it just, it just, they just ran out of time, right? <laughs> like they, yeah. they got to the Texas and the Texas was catching up things. But Josh, Joe Flacco was like, look, I'm literally the last man standing, man. It's me or the dude throwing peanuts. 
Why shouldn't I be out here living like this? I like, I mean, I think some quarterbacks are out there playing and in the back of their mind, the very deep recesses of their mind, they're like, man, I'm going to have to explain this in the meeting. I'm going to have to explain this to the media. Oh, man, I don't want my interception numbers to be high. I don't want Dominique Bomani to point out that I threw a, a hell Mary to a square body. <laughs> some of them are thinking about that. Josh Allen is like, I want to win. I would like to win. Is me throwing this out of bounds going to help us win? I don't know. But me throwing an 80-yard touchdown will. Hey! Yo, he's like the Little League baseball coach I had. who was my favorite Little League baseball coach ever. And I love this. If we took a walk in practice, he treated it like an out. He's like, look, man, <laughs> y'all came to play, right? I thought y'all wanted to play. Like, don't be out here just swinging at dumb stuff, right? Yeah. But ain't no work in the count. In Little League Baseball? Swing, man! Go for it! Now, let me ask you a question. you think there's any chance that the Packers can beat the 49ers? <sighs> the thing is, the Packers defense that we saw was not the Packers defense that I'd grown accustomed to. And they had popped up a couple times over the course of this season. And the question is, are they going to pop up or not? And my guess is No. Because the difference between – I mentioned how coaching improves in the playoffs, and one of the criticisms that you could have about the Cowboys is also like a pro. It's like they were offensively, we do what we do, and we're really good at it. Dak Prescott is smart enough to get us in the right play and accurate enough and makes good enough decisions, and CD's so good. Like We're just going to keep doing this. And it's going – when we play bad teams, you know what? We're going to destroy them. We play good teams, it's going to be closer, but we're going to be in the game. And when you get to playoffs – they watch all your tape. They get all your tendencies and they are definitely trying to design defenses that they have not run early in the season to take things away. And when you take it away, what's the next move? The problem with that is I do think coaching and preparation is very valuable in the postseason more so than in the regular season. And you, you're dealing, you're dealing with, with, with Shanahan, the, the son of Shanahan, and he is going to eat them linebackers and safeties alive. The question is, is Debo going to catch him? And Ayuk going to catch him? And Kittle going to catch him? Oh, God damn. I ain't even say Chris McCaffrey. Yeah, it's no chance, man. They ain't got no chance. Well, but, uh, I mean, if the Packers can mess around and get a lead, they do have a chance. That's the thing we yeah. know, right? Like, Kyle Shanahan, generally speaking, for whatever yeah. reason, they're they explosive when they're ahead, and I don't know what happens when they're behind. He can't quite figure that out. but. I kind of want the Packers to win this. I don't have any vested interest in the Packers. I don't. Like, if they win, that would be good for Jordan Love, all this stuff. That's not where I'm coming from here. I have a vested interest in the Detroit Lions. And the way that I see this going, okay, if you can get the Packers to win that game, because I feel pretty confident that Detroit is going to beat Tampa. Like, I don't I don't think there's so much intrigue in those two games in the NFC. But if Detroit can get that game and then they get Green Bay on their home turf, one of two things happens. You get Jordan Love in the Super Bowl, which for a number of reasons will provide great joy, right? Or, brother, is going to be pank stank gators on the strip. <laughs> And actually, as I think about this now and imagine what that Southwest flight from Detroit to Las Vegas is going to look like, maybe I need to chill out. But I just, I would like to see my guy, Dan Campbell, right? The branch Ricky of the NFL. We got our man, Brad Holmes, in the operation. And shout out to Martha, Miss Martha, running the team. Remember remember when she came in? I saw that one time she had them gangster looks, but the first thing she did was give Jim Caldwell more time. You remember that? You remember that? 
I hey, do. Man. I do. And I say this about Miss Martha also. Miss Martha graduated from Vassa in like 1945. And I'm here to tell you, any like woman or black person oh, that graduated gosh. from one of them schools in that time, you got to understand that lady fierce. I also want you to appreciate what a royal wedding it must have been when the Ford family and the Firestone family, they had they had it going and coming. They got the cars and the tires. That's that, vertical that. integration. <laughs> that feels like <laughs> vertical integrated merit. That feels like an old school, uh, like we not even going to meet the, the kids, not even going to meet the parents have decided like, Oh no, nah, we try and get a deal on these ties. So we need to gather this territory. So you know what? We going to create this, uh, this marriage and it is birth uh, a very terrible football team, but I tell you this one though, that is very good right now. I tell you this though, you tell Ms. Martha to bark like a dog and see what happened. You tell her to, you tell her to hop on one leg, ask her what kind of food she likes. She going to be like caviar. I like caviar. It ain't going to be whatever food you like. She going to tell you exactly what it is. But I was stunned because I met a lot more Lions fans that I knew existed since the Lions have been good. And it's not that they've been hiding. It's literally just that it never came up. Right. And so like all these people you meet from Detroit, they all Lions fans. You just ain't never talked to them about the Lions before. Because why would you do that? They all Lions fans. And that emotional outpouring they had for that game. I was like, damn, I hadn't, y'all have not given up on these bums. Like, it, it, the Chicago Cubs are amazing. They branded being losers, right? They branded all the time they had been waiting. The rest of these people, they've been lurking in the shadows the same way, hoping for a little goodness. And they finally got it. And it was brought to them by a man with a wad of dip on the sideline. <laughs> and, and, a like- merry ba- and a merry band of African-Americans in positions of power. Oh, man, I love it so much. I, I, I'm with you on all of that. I don't know how excited I would be to see Stink Pink Gators in, in, in Vegas. I, I'm good on that. But the bottle service would be a lot cheaper that week there <laughs> that, we, that we anticipated. We get San Francisco out there, boy. Yeah. Prices is going up. Get that uh, yeah. that Silicon Valley money. I'm going to have to skip out on the tables. I'm be in my room sleeping. Think of a $2,000 bottle of champagne. Somebody like, bro, back home, I could buy a house <laughs> for $2,000. <laughs> the uh, the Shanahan stuff is interesting about the getting behind. And, like, I feel like it's connected to the reason why they are such a, like, turnkey offense is their offense is really predicated on – um, putting players in conflict and it's not necessarily predicated on exploiting weaknesses and coverages, but it's, it's predicated on putting players in conflict. When you get down, there ain't no conflict. It was like, all right, you want to run the ball? Go, go right ahead. By all means, when they get down, the play action is less effective. And I think that is probably tied to why they have as much trouble coming back as anything, but that D line is going to have to get some sack fumbles and they're going to have to get Jordan love uncomfortable. Cause he damn near played a perfect game. He wasn't yeah. uncomfortable at all. He had a running attack. He had good defense. He had receivers making plays. And he looked, he was throwing off his back foot, changing plays at the line, taking shots. He just was too comfortable. But also, hold up. Um, you talk about Josh Allen and being like, yo, I want to win this game. I'm going to go out here and do things to win this game. You know who else think like that? Brock Purdy. Yeah. He thinks yeah. the exact same way, but he ain't coming out there with no bazooka. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that just reminded me of Krang. I don't know if you was a Ninja Turtles fan. <laughs> <laughs> How did this remind you of Krang? Because it's like a brain 
that really is don't have no strength or power, but they put it in that big old body, ah. and then it's like, oh. And I think that Brock Purdy is actually like feeling like he in that um in that oh, big old Josh. Yeah, which is like I think you've said this before, and I agree with you. It's like he wouldn't be where he is if he didn't have this mindset. And I think that is like we, I don't know. I feel like a broken record. Everything I talk about eventually comes back to the trade offs and the decisions that you make in life. And it's like, yeah, you take the good with the bad. That's how I feel about Josh Allen. It's like when people complain about his turnovers, man, you shut up. Like you take the good with the bad. You complain that um that Jared Goff ain't gonna like be a gunslinger that take over the game. That's fine. He gonna keep you in it too. And it's just like take the good with the bad, man. Well, let me tell you what'll also be interesting if somehow the Lions were to make it to the Super Bowl. How many gentlemen have quarterbacked not one but two franchises to a Super Bowl? Off the top of my head, I can only think of one guy. Hmm. And that one guy is uh Peyton. What's his Peyton Manning, yeah. That's the only guy yeah. I can think of. That's the one that oh, came to my mind. Oh, Brady, yeah, Brady, 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 yep. Yeah. That's, he an all time great category, Dan. Go ahead and, just go ahead and get his bus ready. <laughs> Right. Like, like, that's what happens is a guy like that gets it. And like, there would be a point at which you'd be like, yo, well, if you do that to, oh, Kurt Warner, Kurt Warner. Yeah. Did, yeah. I was, and, but, I and for Kurt, Kurt, by the way, for Kurt Warner, that got him into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. The Jerry Goff do this and it would mess it up for Kurt Warner. <laughs> yep. We lost to Arizona that year. We should have beat him too. I was in Atlanta at the time. It was, I mean, went after my man lawyer. I mean, on one level, you should have beat him. On another level, and you wasn't there long enough to really feel this. Yeah. Y'all was going to lose somehow, some yeah. motherfucking way. Like, I don't know what it was going to be, who it was going to be to. It was going to be to somebody. I, can I go ahead and say that I played really well in that game? <laughs> How, <laughs> however, I, I had to put that I had to put that out there because what who I'm about you to are, say. You, you, are, you are Larry Airquad. Um, well, neither independently, neither. like we, we stayed on sides. They both got numbers, but go back, go back and watch that tape. Uh, I did my thing, but it doesn't matter. That's not the point. <laughs> I said that in order to prepare you for what I'm going to say next. <clears throat> I was not sad that we lost. <laughs> I, I think the time that it took me, I, I dapped everybody up after we lost and I'm like, damn, we should have won that game on my way from there to the locker room. It had hit me. Oh, I'm at a, I, I'm a free agent. You were so ready to go home. I am a free agent right now. And I don't have, I cannot get hurt. I had a great season. There's not, so that's what it was for me was like, all right, we wasn't going to win the Super Bowl anyway. All right. <laughs> all right. This is just one more week for me to go out there and get hurt or put some bad shit on tape. I had a great season. I'm about to get paid. I'm a free agent. No reason to be sad on this flight back to a Atlanta. That's right, because you were staying at the Renaissance Inn or something like that, right? Yeah, I had just got my own play. Yeah, that was that was a rough year. That was a rough year for your boy, but I played really well. But I remember like that feeling of like emptiness after you lose the game. It was there, but it just started to fill up with money as I was walking my way back to the locker room. <laughs> oh gosh, I I was not. That, I mean, disappointed was the way to say it. I wasn't sad. I was disappointed. Man, this is this. Like I say, the NFC ain't really doing it for me, but the AFC games are fascinating to me. Like in, in on so many different levels, I find those to be fascinating. I talked about this a little with Nick. I want to hit this with you just real quickly, but uh, I mean, who knows what will happen, but how stunned are you by the way it all went down with Philly? 
I think the whole last month and a half is stunning, but this particular game wasn't shocking given the whole month and a half. Yeah, so like I you just don't see that. And I think we had jokes earlier in the season when the Eagles were like 10 and one and it's all one score games. I like joked with um Bill Barnwell who often points out like how point differential matters. I joke like you ain't talking about them like you did Minnesota last year because they different. They wasn't like they was tricking us with point differential. That shit catches up to you eventually. You don't like winning all these one score games is not um, evidence that you're a good team or that you're extra clutch. No, you got lucky and you pulled off these one score games. It didn't Vita Vea decide by himself that this this booty push was not going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, Travis or um, Jason Kelsey. Yeah, right, go ahead and every day if I'm Jason Kelsey, law day at the office against Vita Vey and make me decide I don't want to do this no more either. Like I'm assuming that he had made that decision going into it, but if it was me, I could have been 25 years old. A day at the office against Vita Vey like, might be the last one. I'm turning in my key card. It's not a fair matchup. Like you, we have you better pull and get to the edge. I can outrun him to the edge. Like that's to me is the point. It's like if you have a basketball player who's six, seven and you six, five, like, Hey, maybe we don't go into the paint. Let me work on my mid range. Let me take them out on the perimeter. That's what it's like for Vita Vea is built for that. Like Vita Vea, they don't make those in the NFL anymore. Guys like that, because most people can't move the way that he can move. That's what I was about to say. When they did make them, they couldn't do what this dude was playing running back in high school, right? Like when they did make those 350 pound defensive tackles, they were Gilbert Brown, right? Ted Washington, Sam Adams, Siragusa, those sorts of dudes. Man, that Dexter Lawrence, Vita Vea class at 350 is Jordan Davis. Yeah. There are not many of them in the league. There are not many of them in the league because they don't exist. And so, like, if we had a league like we had before, uh, Jason Kelsey is not a pro bowler. Jason Kelsey is may not even be in the league. They, he better figure out how to play tight end like his brother because it was a different game. It was like it was an entirely different game. But we moved to a different type of game where his athleticism and his size wasn't as much of a hindrance. And I'm joking. He probably still get in the league somehow. But oh, he yeah. ain't the guy that he is now. If every week he got to find a way to go up against Vita Vea, y'all better block down and pull me. Yeah, put a block down and pull. Well, let me ask this about Philly, because Nick has raised this question. I feel like I'm citing Nick so much, but I think he made some good points about this. And I do think that Jalen Hurts got paid when somebody like him would get paid, right? It was after year three on a four-year contract. They'd just been in the Super Bowl. He'd just been the starter in the in the Pro Bowl, all of this stuff. They gave him his money. Did they did they buy high, right? Like did they how good because he's been hurt much of this year but I was you know I was long a Jalen Hurts skeptic and had to give him all the credit for the way that he played particularly in the Super Bowl but I don't mean I was wrong yeah like how do we know how good he is we don't we know how good he can be because that game in the Super Bowl was incredible I think he's like there are a lot of quarterbacks or a lot of players I think that in the right system with the right coaches with right surrounding them they can be good not many of them can be great. He can be great. So, like, the fact that that ceiling is there is worth it. The thing about having this conversation, and, like, I understand the we have these conversations a lot about the type of quarterbacks we can pay and we should pay. And my cousin brings this up to me sometimes. Because my dad used to say, when people get upset about gas prices, he gets mad. I'm a block. He would always say this. I don't care. Don't tell me how much the gas costs. I got to buy the goddamn shit anyway. 
<laughs> and that's how I feel when we talk about these quarterbacks. Stop complaining about it, man. You want to win. You need a quarterback. This what the price is. You pay it. And the point I've been trying is hard to shift the conversation away from does he deserve this much money to now it's time for the front office to do their job. Right. Well, that's where I'm at. I'm less on a did he deserve it than uh, this is the quarterback you got at this price. Now what? Yeah, exactly. And so, like, the way that you have success, and, like, the I, I point to the Broncos sometimes when they won with Peyton Manning. They paying Peyton Manning astronomical prices to not be good, to be mediocre at best. And you know what? They drafted Von Miller. They had somebody on the deal that was great and it was cheap. So, y'all, once you get the quarterback, the hardest thing to find, you better keep paying him. You better, like, I had this, and Orlovsky's a funny guy. But he, the day after the Cowboys, he talking about, I always say, don't pay good players, great player money. And like presenting the idea that maybe they should move on from Dak. That's no. nonsense. Oh, I heard him try to talk that. That's the craziest. I could not believe people out here like, Wait, you, you go move on from Dak and cross your fingers and hope like hell you get somebody half as good. That's spoken like someone who does not have a vested interest in this team having success. Or d- does not care. Like, <laughs> you would never do that if you actually gave a damn. If you know anything about football. And so, like, and Dan knows a lot about football. Maybe he just was heat of the moment feeling spicy. But my point to him and to anyone else, and the Cowboys have done a decent job of it, you have gotten the quarterback. The quarterback gets what the quarterback gets. Now it's time for everybody else to earn their money. Build a team. Build a team. Well, well I mean, I know what Howie, the first thing Howie Roseman is going to do, getting ready for that draft. He's going to pull up that computer. He's going to pull up Google, and he's going to put in Georgia football <laughs> roster search. And he's going to sort that thing by, by year, and he's going to send somebody out to look at every single player that Georgia got. Again, I mean, I'm not – I wouldn't be surprised if the man came to the podium and you heard him say, um, and with the last pick in the seventh round, the Philadelphia Eagles select Garrison – Hurst, running back, <laughs> University of Georgia. They'll go get Tim Worley. Uh, that wasn't they'll running go back. get them, them Strouds. I'm just they'll waiting. go get anybody. Oh, you didn't get to the to the Georgia running back that I wanted him to draft. <laughs> Which one? Herschel. Oh, yes, right. We got Herschel. We got Herschel. We got Herschel. <laughs> Hand it to Hirsch, man. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say this right fast because it was always very funny when I was a youngster. And I guess it lands a little different. We know more about mental health and we know more about this guy, but whatever. So there was a time where Herschel, I think he was playing for the Vikings, but Herschel fell asleep in his garage with the car running. And he said that his dog, who he had named Al Capone, he said that Al Capone came and woke him up and, you know, got him out of there. I don't know what's true. You know, hope he wasn't trying to, you know, do nothing to himself, all those things. But my brother would always do an impression of Al Capone. Wake up! Wake up, Wake up, And I don't know why. That is, for 30-something years, that has made me die laughing just like it did when I was like 11 years old. Wake up, Wake up! I'm glad that we can have a laugh about that because it could have gone the other way and that ain't funny. But Herschel Dog decided that he wanted to keep that good kibble. <laughs> try to keep that good kibble. Try to get that, that good table food. I want a T-bone. I don't want no sirloin scraps. I want the T-bone scraps. Herschel, Herschel, Herschel. Come on, Herschel. Come on, come on. 
Oh gosh, Herschel Walker. He had a big dog. He seemed like a big dog type of guy. Yeah, I guarantee you, he ain't have no teacup terrier. I tell you that right now. Tell you that. But that is Dominique Fosworth. Check him out on the Dominique Fosworth Show, available wherever you get fine podcasts like this one. My brother, I appreciate you. All right, buddy. All right, now, uh, prize picks. Shaw, you got something for the people? Yep, Bo, we got uh, divisional matchups this week. Debo Samuel, four and a half receptions. I'll take more there. Christian McCaffrey, he's going to score a touchdown. I'll take more than 0.5. And then CJ Stroud, 244 and a half passing yards. I'll take more there. I concur. I concur. Um, Also, before we get out of here, voicemail line. Three two three five nine six seven seven six seven. Oldie but goodie. Let us know about that time that you, regular person, encountered a future professional. You may be watching this on YouTube and be like, "Wow, did Bomani have to look at his phone and still hasn't memorized the voicemail line number?" That's none of your business. Um, they don't really need to get into that. But, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on the right time. Sean, you handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Uh, we do this three times a week. Remember. Follow the right time. Subscribe, like, rate us, review us. Give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. 